the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's podcast, sponsored by Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu. I encourage you to take advantage of the many free online courses there. And, of course, to listen to the Hillsdale Dialogues, all of them at Q for Hillsdale.com, or just Google Apple, iTunes, and Hillsdale. Good morning, Gloria America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. Hugh Hewitt live inside the Beltway. President Biden gave a speech last night from the Oval. It may have been his best speech, but it's not saying much. It wasn't very good. Uh, I did not watch it live because I was at the wedding of my Navy son. And uh, it's a mixed marriage. Uh, he's in the Navy, and, and the, 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 my new daughter-in-law is a uh, daughter of an Army colonel. So we'll make it work. We'll make it work. It's also Presbyterians and Catholics, but I, I translated for the Presbyterians everything that was going on at Fort Myer Chapel. And the festivities have begun for the weekend, and, and it's a bit somber because of all that is going on. Many of the people involved are on alert, et cetera, all that different stuff. Uh, and Genghis Kate arrived, and since there's a sorry arch, you know, everyone's on high alert with her. Nevertheless, uh, the president's speech, widely regarded as being the best effort he's made thus far, but it's just not that good. Let, let's play the key portion. It's where he attempts to sell. It's an important, for my view, that he successfully do so, and I don't think he did so. The support for Ukraine. Cut number 18. Because of that. Meanwhile... Putin denies Ukraine has or ever had real statehood. He claims the Soviet Union created Ukraine. And just two weeks ago, he told the world that if the United States and our allies withdraw, and if the United States withdraw, our allies will as well, military support for Ukraine would have, quote, a week left to live, but we're not withdrawing. I know these conflicts can seem far away. And it's natural to ask, why does this matter to America? So let me share with you why making sure Israel and Ukraine succeed is vital for America's national security. You know, history has taught us that when terrorists don't pay a price for their terror, when dictators don't pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos and death and more destruction. They keep going. And the cost and the threats to America and the world keep rising. So if we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't limit himself just to Ukraine. He's, Putin's already threatened to remind, quote, remind Poland that their Western land was a gift from Russia. One of his top advisors, a former president of Russia, has called Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania Russia's Baltic provinces. These are all NATO allies. For 75 years, NATO has kept peace in Europe and has been the cornerstone of American security. And if Putin attacks a NATO ally, we will defend every inch of NATO, which the treaty requires and calls for. We'll have something that we do not seek. Make it clear, we do not seek. We do not seek to have American troops fighting in Russia or fighting against Russia. Beyond Europe, we know that our allies and maybe most importantly, our adversaries and competitors are watching. They're watching our response in Ukraine as well. And if we walk away and let Putin erase Ukraine's independence, would-be aggressors around the world be emboldened to try the same? 
The risk of conflict and chaos could spread in other parts of the world, in the Indo-Pacific, in the Middle East, especially in the Middle East. Iran is, is, is supporting Russia in Ukraine and is supporting Hamas. You know, Americans support Israel overwhelmingly. The hard sell here is more aid to Ukraine. And the president did not make the obvious argument. There's a triangle of tyrants. General Secretary Xi in Beijing, Putin in Moscow, and Ayatollah Khamenei, whose puppets in Hamas and Hezbollah on the south and the north of Israel are all working together. They're all working together. It's all one conflict. I'll talk with General David Petraeus coming up this hour and next, and I'll talk with Ambassador Robert O'Brien, President Trump's former National Security Advisor and Special Envoy on Hostage Affairs in this show today. But Mike Pompeo last night, former Secretary of State, posted this. Uh, Joe Biden has presided over the start of two major wars. He spoke to America tonight and failed to explain how 30 Americans were killed and more than a dozen Americans held hostage by Iran, by Iran, on October 7th. None of this was inevitable. It followed from weakness. It followed from funding Iran. And it followed from the Biden debacle in Afghanistan. President Biden is clearly not up to the task of protecting America from the barbarians at our gates. I think the secretary was driving home the key point. It's all, all, all the triangle tyrants. And Iran is the one that killed 30 Americans and has 20 hostages. Hamas is Iran, is Hezbollah. They are allied with China. They are allied with Russia. And until and unless Americans get that concept, a strategic concept, we are not going to be able to persuade at least a third of the country that we are at a real risk here. And already last night, American Navy ships intercepted missiles from Yemen, where another Iranian proxy, the Houthis, fired those missiles at Israel. A U.S. Navy ship intercepted them. Our Iraqi base and and embassy was fired on last night. The bases in Syria have been fired on. We are already in this conflict, and the president can't explain that because he's infirm, and it is that simple. Uh, Contrast with Governor DeSantis, and that's the only one I've got. I'm not, I'm, I'm Switzerland. I don't have any tape of Donald Trump or Nikki Haley, which are the top three. I don't have any tape of Chris Christie on this, but I do have Governor DeSantis yesterday in a speech, cut number three. Now we find out that Biden wants to send $100 million of your tax dollars to the Gaza Strip. Now, they say that this is for humanitarian purposes, but let me tell you this, Hamas runs the Gaza Strip. That money will be commandeered by Hamas. Hamas still has Americans held hostage. They still have many, many more Israelis held hostage. We should not be sending one red cent of your money to Hamas. That is wrong. And Governor DeSantis was careful to splast the media coverage of the uh, uh, Islamic Jihad or Hamas's rocket blowing up the Gazan hospital. Cut number four. Now, the morning that this happened, after Biden slept in, he didn't even take the 2 a.m. phone call. President's got to take that 2 a.m. phone call, y'all. We got to do that. Uh, he didn't do it. So anyway, so so I'm up. I think I was in Iowa going up. And what I said was stand with Israel. And I said all that. But I said, you know, in the days and weeks ahead, you're going to start to see people blame Israel for this. You're going to see uh, activists, media, United Nations, who knows what they're going to do. And we saw a little bit of that with these bogus media reports about this hospital explosion in the Gaza Strip. Hamas lied and said that Israel blew up a hospital. 
Did the media fact check Hamas? Did the media make sure that that uh, assertion was verified? No. They went and printed that because they're trying to produce a narrative. They don't care about the facts. So they printed things that were lies. They ran with things that were lies. That lit a fuse throughout the world where you got people now out there protesting and all these things. And so when we stand with uh, Israel, not only stand their right to defend themselves, we have to stand for the truth against media lying. And they are going to continue. Your governor dissent. No one's been fired at the New York Times, which ran with the lie without I just 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 ran with it. Put it on their front page of their landing page. Israel bombs hospital. I just cannot believe they haven't fired anyone yet. When the government used emergency edicts during COVID to restrict the gathering and worship of churches, three pastors facing the risk of imprisonment, unlimited fines, and their own churches being ripped apart, took a courageous stand and reopened their doors in the face of a world that chose to comply. The Essential Church is a feature-length documentary that explores the struggle between the church and government throughout history. This fascinating story uncovers those who've sacrificed their lives throughout history for what they truly believe in. Rediscover why the church is essential and how we prove that this stand remains true from a scientific, legal, and most importantly, biblical perspective. This is not your typical movie. It'll change your life. You need to see this movie with your friends and family. The Essential Church is streaming today exclusively at SalemNow.com. That's Essential Church, streaming at SalemNow.com. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt, joined now by Ambassador Robert C. O'Brien, President Trump's former national security advisor, also the president, former president's former special envoy on hostage affairs. Good morning, Mr. Ambassador. How are you? Good morning. Good to be with you. Well, last night, uh, attacks from Yemen directed, we don't know where, were intercepted by U.S. Navy ships. Do you think this was the Houthis attempting to replay the coal bombing of 2000? Well, it could be, or it could be the uh, Houthis attempting to attack our allies uh, in the UAE, which they've done on numerous occasions, or in Saudi to, to further inflame the region. Well, we, we've got to respond somehow, I think, but General Petraeus just told me or confirmed for me, Iran is Hamas. Iran is Hezbollah. Iran is, is the Houthis. Do you agree with that strategic grasp of the situation? Absolutely. I mean, we've basically essentially seen an Iranian invasion of Israel, just like we've seen a Russian invasion of Ukraine, and uh, hopefully we'll, we, will, we will not see a Chinese invasion, a communist Chinese invasion of the ROC, Taiwan, uh, We've got three principal adversaries, and two of them, because of American appeasement, have invaded their neighbors, and uh, we're in a very dangerous time in the world right now. Do you believe the second invasion of Ukraine or the uh, attack, the massacre in Israel would have happened if President Trump had been reelected? I I think everyone in America knows neither would have happened. Uh, You know, if you look at Ukraine, it was a total failure of deterrence. Because we tried to appease Russia, we gave Russia two primary foreign policy objectives as soon as uh, Biden got in office. We gave them the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, shut down our Keystone pipeline at the same time, and we gave them a clean uh, new start uh, extension, both of the things he wanted. And then President Biden said if there was a minor incursion in Ukraine, that probably would trigger a U.S. response. And you, you look at what happened with Iran and uh, Israel. We, we had form, Iran had formed currency reserves of $4 billion, and we left office barely enough to function as a government. Today, they've got over $70 billion in foreign currency reserves. 
they're becoming a very rich nation because we turned a blind eye to their sanctions violations and their oil sales. And uh, and then on top of that, we we appeased them with a a six billion dollar payment for hostages for five hostages. So, you know, what we're seeing here is appeasement does not work with our adversaries. Deterrence does, and we need to get back in the deterrence business now to the appeasement business. Now, Ambassador O'Brien, before I go to our hostages specifically and, and reach back to your days as the special envoy for hostage affairs, when you and, and President Trump and the team brought back, I think, 52 American hostages in four years. Uh, is that 52? I, I think it was 58. But, but uh, OK, who's counting? Uh, they're counting. The families are counting. Uh, so I want to get to them. But I do want to stress there are three conflicts in the world. Russia's invaded Ukraine. Iran has invaded Israel. And by the way, I love the, that phrasing. It's not Hamas. It's Iran has invaded Israel. And China is threatening Taiwan, the Chinese Communist General Secretary Xi. How do we, are all these three theaters one war in your view? Well, they're absolutely related. And our, our adversaries have made it clear that uh, they have an alliance and their primary goal, they have different ideologies. Russia is more of an empire. Iran is a theocracy with a Shia as a universalist belief that uh, they'll usher in the return of the 12th Mahdi and the uh, Chinese are committed communists, but so their ideologies are different, but their, their goal is the same as to displace the United States as the leader of the free world and, and displace the, the world order that we live in. And they, they want to have a, the world return to a, a pre-World War I uh, state where a, a larger neighbor could invade a smaller neighbor because it, because it had the might to do so and, and conquer territory and, and obtain in real estate terms a good title to their neighbor, but through conquest. and. That's a very dangerous world to live in. In either his Oval Office address last night or in all of his remarks since the massacre in Israel, has President Biden appropriately put the finger of blame on Iran to focus the world on that theocracy? It's led by a fanatic, and it is a government of fanatics. And if they had a nuclear weapon, my God. Uh, look, uh, Hugh, you and I never thought we'd look back on the Carter years as the good old days. But that's where we are right now. I mean, Jimmy Carter, Washington Gold, and Mozambique, and Nicaragua fall to the communists. And he, he the, the Russian-backed proxies, and uh, he still naively, naively believed that uh, Russia could be dealt with, the Soviet Union could be dealt with, and could be a friend. Once they invaded Afghanistan, Carter had a change of heart. He had the humility and the integrity to come out and say I was wrong about the Soviet Union. He boycotted the Winter Olympics. And Harold Brown, his, his Secretary of Defense, started what, what became the Reagan defense buildup, but it, it started in the last year of the Carter administration. This administration isn't showing the same humility, but not showing the same ability to learn lessons from their behavior, which started in Afghanistan, as you pointed out in the last segment, and it has continued since. They really need to come out and say, look, we've, we tried to appease Iran. We tried to make Iran a responsible stakeholder in the Middle East. We gave Iran billions of dollars, and they took that money and, and used it to support terrorist proxies around the region, from the Houthis to Khatib Hezbollah in Iraq to the Assad regime in Syria to Hezbollah in Lebanon to Hamas in Gaza. And many more, and we 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 were we were wrong, and it's now time to confront Iran. I, I now, Mr. Ambassador, America, the, I hope for America's sake they do, they do that, and they, they take a look, take a page out of Carter's book, and 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 take Iran as as our adversary in the region, and and start supporting our allies. I have followed your comments very closely since uh, the former president left office. You are very careful not to criticize Jake Sullivan, your successor. Do you believe, and Secretary Pompeo has, has tried to avoid any personal criticism of his successor, Secretary Blinken, but is there strategic naivete remediable 
I mean, I, I just don't know if, if Blinken, Sullivan and Biden can come up with an answer to the world. Well, look, I, I think there's a, a certain amount of hubris with the, the president uh, and it, it's hard to change tack and it, it's hard to, to admit that you were wrong. I mean, they, they had foreign policy disaster after foreign policy disaster. And, and again, it's it's because of a different view of the world. It's a view that if that Obama stated in his first inaugural address, that if we stretch out our hand, our adversaries will unclench their fist, and we can we can be friends with you know Vladimir Putin, and we can be friends with Xi Jinping, and we can be friends with the Iranian mullahs. And time and time again, they're disappointed because these are are thugs who you know hate hate America, hate, hate the values that we believe in, and hate the values that, that Tony and and Jake and President Biden believe in. And yet, uh, it, it's hard to pivot. It's hard to admit a mistake, and 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 you know, uh, learn from it. And, and I think that's what's going on right now. Does this all lead back to the collapse in Afghanistan? And would that collapse have occurred under the Doha Agreement that President Trump negotiated? No. And this is what I used to tell my staff every morning when we had a senior staff meeting. I, I would tell them, peace is saying works. It's not just a cliche. The reason we're seeing peace break out in the world with. Serbia, Kosovo, the economic normalization agreement that President Trump brokered, or the Abraham Accords, which President Trump should have won the Nobel Prize for, uh, or healing the Gulf Rift between Qatar and, and its, its Gulf neighbors. The reason you have peace is because you're strong, and weakness is provocative, and even the perception of weakness in international affairs is provocative. And, and that goes to your point about Afghanistan. You know, we had a, when we left office, Afghanistan was relatively at peace. Kabul was safe. We had 2,500 American troops engaged in counterterrorism. We had 5,000 NATO allies burden sharing with us, two to one allies to American troops in Afghanistan. We controlled Bagram Air Base, and we were pressuring the Taliban in the way that they understood our pressure to negotiate with the government and have a government of national unity. And had, had, had there been a withdrawal, I'd tell you one thing, we wouldn't have left Americans behind. We wouldn't have left our allies behind. We wouldn't have left $40 billion in military equipment behind. Yeah, you know, that catastrophe. There's a, a direct line from that catastrophe to what happened in Ukraine, and there's a line from Ukraine straight to Iran's invasion of Israel through its proxy Hamas. So I have two questions for you in our four minutes left, Ambassador. What should be our posture towards the terrorists holding 20 Americans, of course, 200 plus people, of whom 20 are American, and uh, should we consider getting directly involved with our carrier groups and our naval forces? in the Arabian Gulf and the Mediterranean with any attack on Hezbollah or indeed Iran, if that's Israel's strategic response? Well, on the hostage issue, I've never seen a, a situation in my lifetime where 30 Americans have been killed by a terrorist organization, Hamas, which is a designated terrorist organization. 15 Americans have been taken hostage, and we haven't come after the terrorists. I mean, we haven't yet heard from President Biden or from his team, from, from Tony or Jake or Lloyd Austin, that, that what we would have heard from a George Schultz or a Jim Baker or a Connie Rice or Colin Powell or Mike Pompeo that you can run, but you can't hide. I and mean, we, we, we've yet to tell these terrorists that if they harm a hair on an American head, they'll have hell to pay. I mean, that's that's how we respond. We haven't gone to the Iranians and said, these are your proxy. They want you to BB gun without your approval. We're going to hold you responsible for the, the fate of our hostages. So we, we've never had a terrorist attack like this on Americans without a response. I, mean, I, I like the fact that Secretary Blinken and, and President Biden are standing by our ally Israel, and they're grieving with the families. But where's the, where's the retribution? Where's the, the warning to other terrorists that if you do this to Americans, there, there's a consequence for you? 
we haven't seen that yet. Now, maybe that's because there's some complex negotiation behind the scene to get our folks out. I hope that's the case, but uh, it, it's very concerning. What about the idea of American forces being, well, we are involved. They, they tried to either shoot at a Navy ship or Israel last night, and our ship shot down the Houthis missiles. What is What would you advise uh, National Security Advisor Sullivan, Secretary of State Blinken, and what I believe is a very infirm Joe Biden to do about these things? Well, look, if Iran invades Israel from the north, they've already invaded from the south. If, if, if in response to a, a move by Israel to, to root out Hamas and the Gaza, which they have to do, I, I, these guys are serial killers. They're not, terror, they're not even terrorists. I think that's too good of a label for them. It's like having Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy and, and a bunch of them uh, live on your, as your neighbor. You can't have John Wayne Gacy as your neighbor who's killed a couple of your kids and then say, well, if you build a higher wall, you know, it'll be fine to keep them as a neighbor. These serial killers of Hamas have to be rooted out. And if, if Iran invades from the north through Hezbollah, you know, we've got one carrier battle group in, in place with the Ford. We're, we're adding another one. And if Israel asks for our help, and it's up to Israel, but if they ask for our help, we should be there to help them. Uh, deter, first to deter and second to defeat an Iranian invasion by, by Hezbollah of Israel from the north. And that's why the carrier groups are there. If we send them and don't use them in the event of an attack, it'll further undermine American credibility around the world. Final words, uh, Mr. Ambassador. Any advice for the House Republicans about their leadership vacuum right now and the need, the urgency to get it resolved? Elect a speaker. I mean, what happened to Kevin McCarthy? He's a friend of yours. He was a friend of mine and was a great speaker. It was was a shame. Uh, It was a self-inflicted wound for the GOP. Uh, we need to elect a speaker. We need to do it quickly and show that the, the GOP can govern because I'll tell you in this presidential election, it's going to be the most consequential, consequential election of our lifetime. We need to elect a president who believes in peace or strength. You know, it looks like President Trump is going to be the nominee. We've got to replace this, this Biden-Harris administration and go back to a peace or strength posture in the world to protect America and our allies. And so the House needs to elect a speaker and, and show the American people that the GOP can govern. Thank you, Mr. Ambassador. I'm, of course, Switzerland. Uh, I, I, I know that you're a very close advisor of the former president. I'm Switzerland, but you don't have to be. And I appreciate your joining me this morning. Ambassador Robert O'Brien at the Grand Strategy Summit of the Nixon Foundation this week in Washington, D.C. Thanks for getting up early and talking to the audience. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.